Slava Jesusu Christo. Praise be Jesus Christ. Please be seated. Well, her ladyship and Sir Edward with us this morning. They were made knight and lady at the invitation of the Melkite Patriarch. and we congratulate them, and we hope that uh, with God's grace, they will continue their charities, especially to the poor, and leaving their house open to those in need. So I congratulate you, and it's wonderful to have you on board. It's wonderful. Also, uh, we have Deacon Markinet with us. It's been a long, long time. And uh, he's returning to our community, and I've asked him to help as a communion uh, server, you know, to help with communion and things like that at the altar. So that would be a big help to me. As you know, my back is acting up a little bit, but today it's getting a little better little by little because that physical therapist has beaten me up. But anyway... I'm paying a woman to beat me. What do you think of that? It sounds kooky to me. But anyway, uh, last week I got a, uh, a gentleman was there to do it. And he's more gentle than the, the other lady. But uh, about a month ago, I, when I got re- re- uh, over that, that they call it uh, past uh, occupational therapy. I don't know what it has to do with that, but that's what they call it. And um, I could hardly walk out of there, but he was nicer, <laughs> so I could walk out of there last week. So we'll keep those things up. And we welcome Deacon Gregory back to the community. He's a retired doctor in the area, and he is a Byzantine background. I think Bishop Thomas Dolanai ordained him, if my memory serves me well. Now we'll go to the Gospel. The Gospel today adds something to the words of Jesus. It makes a condition. It says, take up your cross and follow me, and live and teach the gospel. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the gospel, the primitive gospel was that Christ is risen. Christos vos cres. And you know, Christos anesti in Greek. And you know, Say, how do I live the the resurrection? Well, there's a map in the New Testament that teaches you how to do that. And there's an example, Jesus Christ. It's what he's telling us. He wants us to have a resurrection faith. Seraphim was Saraph. He always greeted everyone with the Easter greeting, Christ is risen. And he probably felt that in his heart. Because I'm sure 
he had obtained the prayer of the heart. He lived every breath and every day for God. People say, well, is that practical? Well, it's got to be practical because that's our vocation as Christians. All the people that came out of Antioch, John the Evangelist, all these people that were in Antioch, they tried to teach us that. But today, it's sort of said that people call themselves Christians, but they're far away from the gospel and from the example of Jesus Christ, especially in their morality. It's sad. That means their baptism has not been fruitful. It also means if they're Catholics, they're not living the gifts of chrismation, which are faith, hope, and charity, which are given to us to live a Christian life. And of course, the pinnacle of the Christian life is the Sunday Eucharist. It says in Acts, they gather together on the first day of the week for the breaking of the bread. Catholics to say, take this very lightly. They go to parties. They don't have family gatherings. They're not living. Because when I remember, a fellow used to call the rectory, and uh, he's a friend of ours. He's very sick now. I won't mention his name. Uh, he was very good friend with ours with Brother Peter and myself. And he was a Russian. And of course he liked all that, but he would call and say, now, when is Father going to give out communion? He wanted to come to liturgy just for communion and then get out of there quickly. He didn't have time for God. And you know what I've always said to you, if we don't have time for God, why should he bother with us? Well, the reason is he's merciful. The trope part today was so beautiful about the mercy of God before the and it's for the entrance. But we should not presume on the mercy of God. That, okay, I'm going to get to heaven anyway. I don't know that. It says in Scripture in the New Testament, when you've done everything, you've done nothing. And we can't do really anything worthwhile unless we have the life of God in our hearts in our hands, in our body, everything belongs to him. Then you're a Christian. So I want to talk specifically about the gospel. The good news, as they say. I always cross that out. I like gospel better. But anyway. The gospel is the Good in English or old English, the good report. The good report is that we're not living on this earth for nothing. We're not just going to turn to ashes or just rot in the ground. It's nice at the monastery we have all these animals, you know, and we eat very well. I guess pretty well than most people because we raise most, most of our own food. 
not all, but quite a bit. And uh, we're fortunate. And of course, the reason the monks are here is not only the fact that they serve the church through prayer, because the heart of the church is a heart at prayer, and the monks live that life, but also to give you an example. So don't ever ask me how you should fast, unless you really want to know. When I was a pastor in uh, Seattle, some ladies were at the back of the church outdoors, and they were talking. I thought I'd go down and say, say hello to them. And I heard this. I may have told you before, because I do repeat myself. I get it. think it's funny. So the ladies said, well, you're going to ask Father. I don't know what they were going to ask Father. And the um, ladies decided not to ask me, because if you ask Father, he's going to tell you the truth. So I'm going to tell you today, don't waste your time on the earth. It's short. Love your God with your whole heart, your whole soul, and your whole mind. How do we love God? By living the gospel. That's what he asks us to do. Is the gospel plain enough to understand? Yes, he tells us. Keep the Ten Commandments, keep the Beatitudes, and the gospel counsels. Poverty, chastity, and obedience. So whatever your state in life is, you can do that. These ladies and gentlemen of the order, they've always been very generous with the poor. So once a year, I send a check to the, for the patriarch, for the starving people in the Near East. And they're starving. So bad, a woman who is in the family way cannot even get care. They don't have money for that. So I hope, knights and ladies, yes, it costs money to become a knight and lady, but it goes to the poor. So it's a good thing. This gospel, living this gospel, must be lived by prayer, fasting and generosity with many things. Prayer is number one. Every day we should have a time when we read our gospel, do our spiritual reading, and pray quietly with God. Don't tell me you're too busy. God's going to be too busy to see you. You've got to give him quality time. He's a merciful Lord. He's loving you. You can never do too much to love God. First of all, love your neighbor. They may abuse you. That's okay. We're adults. Secondly, love the beauty of the church, the holiness of the sacraments, Never get too familiar with these things. They belong to God. They're holy. Love yourself because you are holy. 
you're marked by the sacraments. The Western theology tells us we have indelible marks. We don't repeat those things. Baptism, chrismation, holy orders. He did not include marriage. Marriage is a blessing, a crowning of life, that it will continue. But those people that marry must be open to life. Our country is going to be in worse and worse trouble if something doesn't turn around. It's no longer ethical. I uh, read it. I get the New York Catholic newspaper because I was raised there. And I, I sometimes I get a little lonely. And the last issue I got, a bishop, an auxiliary bishop, wrote an editorial, which is unusual. And uh, in the editorial he said that our government is atheistic. It wants to be without God. Not only that, the... Catholic Church itself is under a quiet persecution. I'll never forget the story about the Near East. We had the Korean War, then we had another Vietnamese War and all these things. I don't like war. I'm a retired colonel, but I went in there to defend my nation, not to make war on poor people. But I served well, thank God. Anyway, if, I don't know if you realize that, but South Korea, the French had been there. That was French Indochina. And they had converted that country. It was Catholic. The State Department, United States, wanted to destroy that country. The president of that country now is worthy of canonization. He was a martyr. He was a daily communicant. But what he did was put a lot of Catholics in important positions in the government. And our State Department did not like that. Why did he do that? Because when the missionaries came, they educated the people. So they were the only people that were educated enough to run a government. He wasn't trying to establish the Pope there. Pope wanted to go there anyway. No, he didn't want to go. So slowly but surely, they destroyed the whole country. It's a sad story. I love my country, but I tell you, it's done many mistakes. In these blue mountains, they'll tell you, seven-day Adventists were here. They're still here. They owned a lot of property in the woods. And they wanted, the federal government wanted to make this a federal reserve, which it is. We live on the edge here at the Federal Reserve of the land. And uh, so very simply, they just burnt them out. Burnt their houses down. It's not the first time you've heard of that. So I don't know about federalism. 
I think the Constitution was supposed to protect us from these things. So maybe we're not so protected as we should be. Still, we still live better than any other people in the world. It's more convenient here. But don't come become too convenient that you forget that without God, you're nothing. From all eternity, he thought of you. And finally, you came upon the earth and he gave you a body. The first great body was always to be Jesus, the primal sacrament of the church. And now we are part of Christ's body because if we eat his body and blood in a holy meal and we're filled with the sanctifying divine energies of the Holy Trinity, you blessed people of God. You are the mystical body of Christ. Pius XII taught us that. The mystical body means a body that is in union with the great mystery, the Mysterium Tremendum, the Holy Trinity. I think it's wonderful. I think it's beautiful. And even it says in Scripture, even if you die, you live. That's why Jesus died on the cross, to give us life. To give us the body and blood of our Lord. To make of us a holy people. I contemplate, I say this many times to you, it's a saying of Pope Gregory Tenth, I think. The great mystery he talked about was a Christian fully matured in Christ. Those special people that walk on the earth. And angels walked with them. And on their mouth and in their heart is prayer. The Christians. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.